Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us in our vocations, in whatever state of life we may be in. And now your host, Stacy Galino. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel. I'm so glad you're joining, joining us today. I've got really a very special program for you today. And this, this today is one of um, the more tenderer topics. Um, you know, I might want to just give you a little heads up on that. We're going to be talking about perinatal hospice, um, infant loss, things of that nature. And so if that's a particular place in your heart that's difficult for you to hear, you may want to keep that in mind as we progress through the show. But um, we're going to be talking today with Amanda Balderama. She's a registered nurse, and she is involved in a very beautiful way, profound way, with perinatal hospice. So I'd like to go on and, and bring Amanda on to the program. Hey there, Amanda. Hi. Good to, good to Hi. have you with us. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well, thank you. Well, it, it, you know, um, Amanda, in our conversations, I, I know I mentioned to you that I've been praying and waiting for the Lord to present to me the person with whom I could speak about perinatal hospice. And um, I, as I mentioned to you, I believe that person is you. And this is why I've asked you to come here today. Um, This is something I feel so important in our day and time, a service that is out there and available and um, needs to be more available and more widespread. And so that's my purpose today is to introduce my listenership to what perinatal hospice is and how perhaps we can bring that to our surrounding communities with that right heart and mind infused with the Holy Spirit. So thanks for, thanks for agreeing to be with me today. Um, you may or may not know, I don't know if you've ever heard the Faith and Good Counsel show, but we always, Amanda, we start off our program with prayer. And so if you will join me, please, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. John Paul II, Apostle of the Human Person, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I've, Amen. I, I specifically ask our lady for her intercession because she's just the mother of us all, you know, and she in her, in her sorrow lost her child in a very profound, profound way. And then St. John Paul II, who is the, just, as I said, the apostle of the human person. And, you know, he would be so delighted with the beautiful work that you're doing, Amanda, in, in the, the, within the dignity of life, respecting that dignity of life, even when someone receives um, a life-limiting diagnosis. And so these are big words we're using today. And I, first, before we move forward, I want to define a couple of terms. So would you, would you educate us, please, on what perinatal hospice is? Okay, perinatal technically means at or near birth. So we're talking about um, women that are pregnant, currently pregnant. Hospice uh, is, is a model of support. So what perinatal hospice is, it's a model of support when a family receives a life-limiting diagnosis during pregnancy, 
So this support begins at the time of diagnosis through the birth and the death of the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and in following through that, life-limiting, I know, can, can be pretty vague. But basically um, what we're focusing on is these um, babies have a condition. Usually it could be um, a chromosomal condition or just um, a physical condition that will not allow for them to live long after birth, if at all. Right. So, and what I, I did not mention and I should have done is Amanda comes to us from California, Amanda Balderrama RN. She is a registered nurse and in fact, a labor and delivery nurse. And Amanda, when we've spoken before, you shared with me um, your journey and how you became interested in this kind of work that we're going to be exploring today. Maybe you could share with us a little bit about how, how that happened. Well, a a little over 10 years ago, um, during my first pregnancy, I received a, what they called at the time, a terminal diagnosis with my son. My son um, was not expected to live after birth. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time, 10 years ago, um, support was just not available for someone like me. Mm -hmm. Um, There there was no, Google wasn't what it is today. So um, even looking on the internet, there was really nothing you can find except mainly horror stories, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. And the only um, option I was given was to terminate my pregnancy. I wasn't given the option to carry to term and just to enjoy the life that that he was able to live inside of me. Mm -hmm. And so um, after that, five years later, um, I, I had heard about perinatal hospice for the first time, and I broke down in tears knowing that Things could have been so differently for my son, my family, and myself had I been given that option. And so um, I set on a venture and and was bound and determined to offer that type of support to the families because everybody deserves that option. Wow. Well, let me first extend my heart to you and the loss of your your little boy and um, and also just the grief, the added grief um, of not having... Uh, available to you the kind of support that the very kind of support that you are offering through your beautiful work and your beautiful ministry as a registered nurse um, ministering if you will to people um, in a similar situation Um, so um, I'm also a former labor and delivery nurse and I remember we share that as well as um, you know kind of our determination when the lord places something on our heart we go at we go after it you know with a gusto and i hear that in your mm-hmm. voice amanda and your story you know uh, it's a passion isn't it and it's really coming oh. from a place of love absolutely absolutely that is exactly what it is <laughs> yeah and so so you've experienced this yourself which is something that you bring to people who are grieving who are in shock who are mm-hmm perhaps traumatized, who are being bombarded with, you need to terminate, um, you know, and, and so people are, are finding you, you're uh, domiciled in California, your business is in California, but this is something um, that actually people have access to all across the United States, is that correct? Yes, there are actually over 100 programs right now worldwide. Um, which is not very many considering um, the amount of families that receive this devastating news. Um, But the great thing is, is that you don't need a formal program in order to um, institute perinatal hospice. A family can do it from the comfort of their home with the resources that they find online. And um, someone like me, I'm even willing to offer support over the phone um, through email. Um, Technology is a great thing. 
You know, I'm, I'm thinking back uh, a moment ago. You mentioned this happened 10 years ago, and I happen to know that you are a pretty new Catholic. And something yes. is striking me. Congratulations, first of all. Welcome home. Welcome Thank home. Thank you. <laughs> but something is striking me, and I wonder if you might be able to speak to this. What was it in your heart at the time that gave you that desire, you think, to carry your child to term? Well, and if I can be quite honest with you, Stacey, um, I I did not. I ended up um, inducing labor early, and um, mm. it's, it um, was at a time when, when you start to grieve and you're given that news, um, you're having an out-of-body experience. Right. Um, I would say all morals, values, life as you know it goes out the window. Yes. And it's like you're watching a nightmare unfold. Yes. And um, with the news that was presented to me by every doctor and every specialist I visited, um, it, they, in a way... Um, dehumanized my son. And um, so I really didn't see him as a baby anymore. And um, as a matter of fact, when I was able to see my son after he was born, I I literally looked at him in shock and thought, it's a baby. That is a baby. He's my son. And so, um, you know, it it was obviously the biggest mistake that I've ever made. And so I'm so thankful for our Lord's forgiveness. But um, it's led me to where I am today. And I know that without that journey that I had with my son, that perinatal hospice in Southern California here wouldn't be what it is right now. Well, you're speaking so beautifully about the desire, but you didn't know, and this is what you were presented with, but the good that the Lord can bring when we are open to his will and that you, you with his grace, weathered that suffering. And look what has happened in the interim 10 years. It's amazing. This is how the Lord works. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm so sad that you have to go through that. I've been in those scenarios as a nurse and as a nurse practitioner in the psychiatric realm, taking care of dear souls who are enduring this kind of, um, this kind of cross. It is definitely a cross. And so um, my heart goes out to you, but I'm just, I'm like your biggest cheerleader now, because look at what you're doing. It's amazing through God's grace. So, okay. So if someone contacted Amanda Balderrama, at foreverfootprints.org, what would they expect? So let's just take the scenario that someone uh, has received a diagnosis, perhaps um, an anencephalic little boy or little girl, a child whose brain has not developed, something like that. What would happen? Well, the great thing about um, our program is it's so unique to each family. So for each family, it's going to look very different. But I'll give you kind of the basics of what our program offers. So it's, it's more generalized. But um, each, again, each family is very unique. Um, so what they're going to receive is, is care facilitated by myself or one of our care coordinators. Um, and each of us are specifically trained in bereavement care. And most of us have a personal experience in perinatal loss. So most of us have either known someone um, personally in our family that's experienced the loss of the baby or have gone through it ourselves. Um, From there, we we have educational, cultural, emotional, uh, spiritual, and anticipatory grief support. And that begins at the time of diagnosis. The family needs this type of care. Um, We also serve as coordinators as a liaison between medical professionals. Um, We do keepsakes and the assistance with the collection and preservation of memory items. And we have suggestions in creating a birth plan that ex- um, expresses the parents' wishes. We, we really encourage parents to, to parent their child through love instead of fear, um, because that's what they're faced with. 
Um, we have individualized uh, private childbirth classes. There's support for extended family because it's not just the parents that are going through this. It's right. grandparents and siblings, and it's the whole family is involved. Uh, we have the assistance of parent partners who have previously walked the same journey. So we have kind of a peer support in that way. Um, we also attend the delivery if the parent um, parents request just to kind of serve as an advocate um, and, a, and a friendly face in an unfamiliar setting. We have information for advanced memorial planning. And then there's uh, referrals for community resources and follow-up care. So it, it's kind of a lot initially, but um, I, we generally meet in the family's home, in the comfort of their home, just to allow them to open up a little bit. And um, we allow the families to guide us and figure oh. out what it is that they need. Wow. Wow, so many things to talk about. Well, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to coming we're coming up to a break, Amanda. So, um let's let's break here. I'm talking today with Amanda Balderama. She's a registered nurse, um doing beautiful work in perinatal hospice um in California, but her services, many of them are available to you. So, you're listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacy Galino, my guest Amanda Balderama. We'll be right back. The act of contrition. O my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended Thee, and I detest my sins, because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. But most of all, because I have offended Thee, who are so good and deserving of all of my love, I firmly resolve, with the help of Thy grace, to confess my sins, to do penance, and to amend my life. Amen. This is a Young Catholic Minute. Why is contraception wrong? In sex, the husband and wife give themselves to each other fully, freely, faithfully, and fruitfully, which is the kind of love that everyone longs for. No one says, I hope my wife cheats on me, or I want my soulmate to hide things from me. So why is I love you but not your fertility okay? Christ showed us true love by giving his whole life freely, without reservation, never abandoning us, even if it meant dying on a cross. This sacrifice gave us eternal life. If you've been listening, you might get where we're going. Sex is only loving when it's a free, total, faithful, and fruitful gift of self like Christ's love. In fact, in every Catholic marriage ceremony, the bride and groom vow to love each other in this very way. So you decide, do you want your marriage to reflect God's love? Or would you rather settle for something less? For more Young Catholic Minutes, go to youtube.com slash youngcatholic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Faith and Good Counsel. We are having an amazing interview today with my new friend and colleague, Amanda Balderrama. She's a registered nurse from the fine state of California, doing beautiful, beautiful work in the area of perinatal hospice. Um, and uh, if you were listening uh, before the break, you heard Amanda's story that she herself has experienced um, the loss of her her child, her little boy, um, about 10 years ago. And in the interim period, um, realized what a profound service per- perinatal hospice would have been in her situation. And with this beautiful heart and faith and the grace of God has started um, 
a beautiful ministry of perinatal hospice not available to you, even if you're not in California. And she just outlined, I, I'm still blown away, Amanda, by all of the services that are provided. And I'm just thinking of the value and the beauty of, of what, what, you're, what you're offering. So thank you so much for being with me um, again, uh, being with me today. Thank you. Yeah. So I I found you, as I, I said earlier, um, you know, I've been sin- sincerely praying to the Lord, asking him to please let me know who I could have this conversation with, because I, I value greatly perinatal hospice. Um, and I ran across, you know, how the Holy Spirit works. I ran across a story. It was about an hour long video about a family um, and the child's name was Colin, and I saw you in that video through my tears. I mean, I'm doing some boohoo crying. I don't know if you know what that is in California, but that means you're doing some serious weeping. Okay, <laughs> beautiful story. And can you maybe tell us a little bit about that family and your involvement with them? Because I think that story really illustrates much of what you do. Well, and, and Colin is really special to me. They were actually... Um, the first family that I cared for under our program. And at the time that um, they literally just fell in my lap by the grace of God, um, I didn't even have a formal program at the time, which is key. Um, And it it just goes to show you that you don't have to have a formal program. But they fell in my lap before I was able to develop a formal program. And God called on my heart to help this family. And um, they welcomed me into their home as a complete stranger. Um, We sat down and One of the first questions I like to ask every family, and I asked Colin's parents, was, tell me about the day that you found out you were pregnant. Um, And this is key. Initially, um, anytime I meet with a family, they're just drowning in grief. Mm -hmm. And any doctor's appointments they have are so negative that they kind of forget what it was like to be happy, to enjoy that moment that they found out that they were pregnant. And so it brings light in their life again. And it just, you can see them smile through that. And it just reminds them that this child is precious and wanted and loved, and they were pregnant for a reason. Um, And a lot of them are on this journey for that reason. So um, we started off that way, just as complete strangers. And um, they told me about the day they found out they were pregnant with Colin. And then we, we go into the story, you know, learning a little bit about each other and then learning about the diagnosis. And then from there, I can kind of tailor and see how I can help this family. But um, the most important thing about perinatal hospice is is we're not giving up hope. Um, I hope with a family along the way, regardless. We're just planning for the future. Um, it's not about passively waiting for death, and it's, it's more about actively embracing the baby's life. So the most important part of the program is reminding the family to enjoy every single moment. Um, it's something simple with Colin's parents. I instructed them. I said, go to the park today. Go to the park and slide down the slide. Mm-hmm. I wanted Joanna, Colin's mom, to go on the swing because we want Colin to be able to experience those things that a normal child would in their lifetime that he's probably not going to be able to. And they were able to find that joy, again, in their pregnancy just through little things like that. So, and I remember there was this, uh, they found out fairly early in their pregnancy that Colin had, um, he was an anencephaly, and yeah. um, which means part of his brain, most of his brain did not develop uh, normally, um, as Correct. I recall. And so you began your interaction with them pretty early on. And 
when throughout the video you see them traveling and going to the park and you know doing very simple ordinary things but they're taking pictures along the way and they're celebrating and um, as a family and it was that was those were the things that I tell you uh, you know it, it's it's the splendor of the ordinary do you know those were the things that touched me so deeply but also Amanda your influence I could see as the parents are interviewed um, it, at different times um, or they're speaking at different times in the video their understanding of the journey that they're on the understanding of the human person you know that their their child is that Colin is um, and his dignity mm-hmm. and I think that that really speaks to um, just it, it, what you're offering to people who who don't may not even know that there's another option other than termination right absolutely and that's that's really the key thing is um, a, a lot of families each family continues their pregnancy all for very different reasons a lot of people think that it's it's really a pro-life decision but that's not it at all um, they love their baby and they want the best for their baby and they want to be able to spend as much time with their child as they can before the baby naturally passes away you know what I'm thinking about I'm I know that I'm a little bit older than you mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm remembering I was practicing OB back in the um the early and mid to late 1980s and into the 90s. And I can remember a trend as the years progressed. You know, it was it was um, very common, um, as I recall, to carry your baby. There just wasn't, I mean, there weren't these recommendations, you need to terminate, you need to terminate. You just, you, you assisted the family, you were with the family as best you could within your role. Um, very difficult. And, and the, the moms um, carried their children to term. I mean, there were some terminations, but there wasn't this push, I think, for this now. I I don't know if if in your career, if you've seen a trend, um, or if you can recall a time when, you know, when it was just more common to carry to term. Well, statistically speaking, um, when receiving a life-limiting diagnosis during pregnancy, 70% terminate. That's where, that's an early statistic but that's high now on the flip side two more recent studies were done in the united states and if offered the option of perinatal hospice that number flopped 75 to 85 percent ended up continuing their pregnancy so this shows how vital perinatal hospice is oh it's beautiful that just makes my heart so glad Mm -hmm. so how have you been received by um obstetricians and Neo, neonatologists and, and, and uh, pediatricians and so forth, uh, as well as um, our fellow nurses mm-hmm. in your area? Well, initially, I would say skepticism <laughs> over reigns. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are skeptical. Um, and to be quite honest with you, a lot of physicians feel that by offering termination, they're saving their families from grief. Right. It's like fast forwarding through grief. But um, statistically speaking, um, you know, when studies were done, those that terminated, 17% of them had complicated grieving after, even yes. even diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. So studies show that that's not true, but perinatal hospice is just so new still that right. a lot of people don't know what it is. 
And so not until I usually have a family go through the program can a doctor see its value. And especially um, what's really important is are the videos that Colin's family has made. I've seen so many more referrals come from physicians after watching those videos just because they see the value that it has for families. Wow. And, you know, I... I can, we can, people can see that video. I think it's at carryingcolin.com, but also at your website, uh, which is foreverfootprints.org. Is that right? Yes, that's yes. correct. Yes, I highly encourage you to take a look at that video. I'm ready to look at it again myself. It is so incredibly moving. Well, one thing you mentioned early on is training. And, uh, you know, I'm a nurse practitioner. I've got to ask the question because I'm, I'm very intrigued. Where can professionals... Um, or, or lay people, perhaps there's a role for lay people as well. Where can we receive training to learn how to take care of people as beautifully as you do, Amanda? Well, uh, Forever Footprints is actually instituting um, perinatal hospice training at the time, so hopefully we'll have that up and going soon. But in the meantime, I always refer families and and physicians and likewise to the website perinatalhospice.org. There's a ton of beautiful information on there um, regarding training or how to even institute perinatal hospice on your own. So I would start there. Um, the training that I received was actually through Resolve Through Sharing, which is a huge um, bereavement training um, that they, they travel and they do it across the United States. Um, so I would say your first stop would be perinatalhospice.org. Okay, good good information. And Amanda, you have your you have your thumb in a lot of pies. And so before we end the program today, I think now would be a good time. We've we've mentioned we can get in touch with you at foreverfootprints.org, but there are other websites as well. Um, well, I initially co-founded Walk to Remember and Lynn Empire, and um, right now uh, Forever Footprints is offering that. Um, program as well. We've actually got quite a few pillars here. They have a support, education, and remembrance pillar. Um, So they can contact me there on the website. My um, phone number is also listed on there. So that's a great way to get in touch with me. Wow. You know, I guess in our final minute or two here, is there one final pearl of wisdom um, or offering or a piece of advice that you could offer our listeners with regard to to the services that you're providing, to the ministry that you're offering? I guess what the most important thing, I think, is is to spread the word that perinatal hospice is an absolute option because right now families just don't know about it, and that's devastating to me. Um, so if people can just spread the word, and, and you never know, your sister, your aunt, your cousin may end up being pregnant with a, and receive a life-limiting diagnosis. And if we talk about it, the more people know about it. Amen. And that is why I have you today on Faith and Good Counsel, Amanda Balderrama, RN from the beautiful state of of California, brand new Catholic. So excited about that. Um, And I'm just thinking about, you know, again, my favorite saint, one of my favorites, my heart of hearts is St. John Paul II. And, you know, he um, promoted very much the truth of our faith, which is the dignity of our persons and the work that you are doing, combining faith and science and emotional health and spiritual motherhood, if I may, in becoming from your authentic femininity, both personally and professionally caring for people. It is a beautiful, beautiful, integrated uh, service that you are providing. And I, I thank you so much 
for doing that, for doing that outside of your your life and your your regular job. This is something that Amanda does outside of her labor and delivery job and outside of her family. So what a blessing and a gift you are. Thank you so much for being with us today on Faith and Good Counsel. Thank you for having me, Stacy. Oh, it's such a blessing. And don't forget, check out her website, foreverfootprints.org. God bless you, Amanda. You too, Stacey. Thank you. All right, friends, until we see you next time on Faith and Good Counsel, Pox Christi, y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Faith and Good Counsel is a production of Catholic Community Radio. 